Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And good afternoon. Does it look more like LSU is a team that's improving or one that is in trouble as they open up conference play today against the Mississippi State Bulldogs? Both teams come in at 1-1 one one in non-conference games. Mississippi State lost to South Alabama. Excuse me, Mississippi State is 1-0 in SEC players. They dominated South Carolina last week, 27-14. LSU split their first two games, losing to Wisconsin and winning last week over Jacksonville State. So, are the Tigers improving, or you look like more a team that's in trouble? It's our Peretti Jaguar Land Rover Mazda opinion poll at WWL.com. And T-Bob Bear, we were kind of wondering last week what would the scenario be, and it did not take Coach Les Miles long to go to a backup quarterback, that be Danny Etling. Now, T-Bob, you've been a part of a quarterback carousel mm-hmm. before where it went to one guy and back to another and so forth. To me, on surface, it seems like that Coach Miles – needs to have Brandon Harris somewhere else down the line, but maybe in a situation where they don't have to force him to play. Well, uh, look, I, I, I think it's clear that uh, it, when you're talking about Brandon Harris, um, he is better than what he has looked like this season. Like He has more ability than that. We saw it last year. Uh, this is a player, however, who's a bit mentally broken down right now, and, and I think that's kind of come to light mm-hmm. uh, this last week. So he's lacking in confidence right now. However, it doesn't mean – that he doesn't have a role to play on this team. I mean, Deke, when you get past Danny Etling and if Brandon Harris isn't available, who do you have? Justin McMillan, a, a, a freshman, right? right? I mean, with 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 the probably. And, I mean, and Scott, the kid from Zachary, those two very young people. So, so Brandon Harris still has a role to play on this team, and and and, and look, I know a lot of people are. Uh, you know, we're up in arms this week about some of the uh, tweets or whatever that Harris had. How I view that man, I, I view that as. Uh, just a bit of immaturity. I also view it, though, as a learning experience. Like, we have to allow room for growth uh, with these young players. So I think Harris can learn from all the controversy of this last week, all the adversity. And, and I agree with what Coach Miles has done in public, continually reaffirming that it's a two-quarterback team. We're going to need both of these guys for the rest of the season because he has to keep Harris's head in the game right? And for contingency, for down the road just for some insurance. And plus, we don't even know, T-Bob, you know this as well. We don't know, you know, how people react to certain things like that and not not going that route and, you know, not maybe, I guess, say, cautiously speaking, uh, could, you know, could be damaging more than we know, not just playing somebody, but mentally as well. And look, a coach, a, a person that's over a big business, they're dealing with a melting pot of personalities, yeah. attitudes, and so forth. So on the inside, they fall no better than what we would know as far as day-to-day and how people take things, good or bad. Yeah, so, it, uh, like, I, I, I think that they've handled the hair situation correctly uh, from a PR standpoint. 
And uh, I hope that you see Brandon Harris respond. I hope that you see him kind of um, recommit, keep his head down, keep working, and maybe good things happen. Now, for today, Deke, though, uh, the far more interesting part of the conversation is Danny Etling. What do you get out of Danny Etling? Uh, our, our sample size for his time at LSU, it's so small and it's so erratic right now that really people on both sides of this issue have ammo with which to work, right? If, if you're someone who believes that Danny Etling is the answer and that this could potentially be a turning point that's going to bring the Tigers back, well, you can point towards that second quarter. If you believe that this offense is broken beyond just a quarterback switch and that Danny Etling is not the answer, it's just more of the same, well, then you can point towards the third quarter. So I think that's what makes this game pretty fascinating is that we just don't know. Where, where, where this kind of blows my mind, and Scott Rabelais wrote on this theme uh, earlier today, check out his work in The Advocate, but just how different things are in two weeks. It shows you... Uh, how how impactful a loss can be it shows you how kind of constantly shifting the groundwork of college football is I mean LSU two weeks ago was one of the most sure bets in the entire country this was a team that you knew uh, inside and out and while there were quarterback questions they weren't nearly to this extent so now just after two weeks this is a team where we don't know what to make of him we absolutely don't know what to make of that quarterback position this is a team that no longer appears to be championship caliber. They look like three lost, maybe somewhere around there. So these next couple of games specifically, Mississippi State and Auburn, are going to go a long way towards uh, providing some of the answers, providing some of the clarity that Tiger fans are seeking. Well, we'll take a timeout and come back. we got a lot to get to, some big games today. Ole Miss is taking on Alabama in SEC play. Ohio State is at Oklahoma. Later on, it's SC taking on Stanford. Florida State and Louisville are underway. And we'll get your take. LSU moving forward, the Tigers. What do you think about this team? Do they look like they're improving or more a team that's in trouble? Whoa. I think that they are a team that is getting ready to be in some trouble. And maybe depending on what happens in October and what we've seen them go through in November, maybe some serious trouble. Just that's my take. We'll get yours. 2601870. Count you down the LSU and Mississippi State tonight at 605 kickoff on WWL. Whether you call it first big Saturday after the first week of the season or separation Saturday, Lamar Jackson, without question, folks, is the clear cut. Remember several years ago when Geno Smith got off to a, a tremendous start in his first five games and he was just walking away with so many big numbers? That's what Lamar Jackson is doing right now for Louisville. He has hit his 17th touchdown with third, let's see, third quarter, 9.55 left to play, and number huh. 10 Louisville, who was a two-and-a-half-point underdog, leads number two Florida State 42-10. to 10. 42 to 10 with 9.55 left to play in the third quarter. DeAndre Francois, not so good right now. He is 5 of 12 with one touchdown, whereas Lamar Jackson is a 12 of 18, 199 yards. And he's also chipped in 15 carries, 97 yards, and three scores, giving him 17 touchdowns total in three weeks in the season. That's about 5.3 uh, touchdowns per game in three games there, T Bob. And when yeah. you look at this team, T Bob, you and I both spoke about this during the break. If you don't mind a little bit of a past, and look, we all got stuff that we're not proud of. His is certainly more eye-opening than what happened when the way he had to abruptly be forced out of Arkansas. But if you want to know why Bobby Petrino is still coaching and why he gets chance after chance, it's yeah. because of things like this. And wherever he goes, he will develop a quarterback. He, he is a uh, – yeah, I know. Well, especially the, the his quarterback skills are, uh, I think, relevant to what LSU fans would want to see. But, uh, yeah, look, he's a he's a good college football coach. Like, like – 
like like you said, regardless of any uh, extracurricular uh, activity that he may or may not have engaged in, whatever. Like he's a good college football coach. I don't like Bobby Petrino, right? But I am impressed with what Louisville's doing right now uh, to Florida State, a team that I really thought was my hands down favorite to win the ACC. I thought this was a situation where Florida State was going to roll throughout the entire year, have the one test against Clemson. I thought they would pass that test, and then they would be ACC champions. So, uh, see the Cardinals. Look, somewhere out there, Jeff Duncan is smiling ear to ear. And if you're listening, Jeff, which I'm sure you're not because you're watching the game, I hope you're enjoying it, man, because, uh, yeah, Cardinal fans, celebrate this. Although, it's well, I don't know. It's still early, but this feels like a game that's done. And you mentioned Lamar Jackson, though, uh, Deacon. Absolutely. Heisman favorite. He's been incredible today. But this Louisville team's beating him top to bottom, right? I mean, Florida State has Dalvin Cook. The Florida State has a very good offense, an explosive offense. They got 10 points mm-hmm. here in the third quarter. They have not been able to keep pace. So maybe that's even more impressive from Petrino and company uh, than just the quarterback play and the offensive production is the fact that the defense has seemed so strong today. Mike Scarborough, TigerBait.com, joins us now. Mike, I put together a team by both, and I've been obviously talking and writing about LSU. This team to me, Mike, looks like more like a team that is heading for trouble than improving. And I don't know if that trouble starts today, but uh, next week at this time, to me, that's when the trouble. And I think some of the things that they faced in November, they're going to face in October this year with two tough road games at Auburn and at Florida. Yeah, I agree. And tonight's game, I don't think it's going to be a walk in the park, uh, depending on what the weather does. Um, certainly, you know, Mississippi State's offense isn't what it was under Dak Prescott, but they still are capable. Their defensive front's good. But, uh, you know, two two new cornerbacks, if Danny Etling and the receivers can get something going and build on what took place in the first half uh, last week, they should be in good shape. But the rest of the way, it, it, like you said, there's there's loads of landmines. Uh, Auburn, Florida, um, you know, and then 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 Ole Miss. You just wonder if LSU uh, will have one or two SEC losses uh, before the open date. And of course, y'all were just talking about it. Uh, you know, one of the things that we talked about last year in, in November. You know, when when the the decision was made to retain Les Miles, right there was the opportunity to get Jimbo Fisher. And I said, you know, that opportunity might not be here uh, next year if the same thing happens again because Florida State has what a lot of people thought is a national championship contending team. Yeah. So if you're wanting Jimbo Fisher, you you were needing him to lose an early game, and and it's happened today. So. So Jimbo Fisher is available now, Mike, but he won't be in the playoffs. Excellent, Mike, Mike Scarborough job, Mike. of, of TigerBait.com joins us. Now, I wouldn't rule him out just yet. We're going to wait and see because uh, there's a lot that could happen down the stretch of the season. I mean, I sat here on a Saturday afternoon in South Miller. You go from 7 to 2 in 12 hours. So we'll I'll, I'll wait and see before I, before I count them out because they do have some back stuff on the end of their schedule. But, Mike, now when you talk about the quarterback situation, everybody's hitting on it. What, what if Miles has to go back to Harris – and, and I mean, we could see a situation where he puts Edling in, and instead of Harris coming in for, like, say, like when Jefferson used to come in some, going back to Perilou on a positive thing to get some production. If you've got to go back to Harris because Edling isn't playing well, then you then you really, to me, that's that's the worst case scenario for this team. Yeah, and and that's you know been trying to temper folks' enthusiasm on our message board all week. 
Certainly there was a lot to be excited about. The short passes, the completions, the touch on those screens, um, getting the ball to the backs. I mean, that's something that's been woeful for several years at, at LSU. Um, but at the same time, you know, how does he perform as a starter against SEC competition? Um, you know, everything that we had heard all spring, off season, fall camp was that it wasn't just a, a sliver uh, between Harris and Etling. Um, but the flip side of it is, if Etling performs well and 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 is it, it reaches the aspirations of all the LSU fans, uh, then it's going to be another indictment on the LSU evaluation of who is who. Who should have been the starting quarterback against Wisconsin? Talking to Mike Scarborough of TigerBait.com. And, uh, Mike, give me – so, you, you, you touched on it, but I want to go further into the kind of silver linings concerning Danny, uh, Danny Ellie, maybe some reasons for optimism. Uh, do you lend any credence to the argument that when you look at Etling's time in Purdue to judge him – for losing that job and, uh, you know, and, and having to transfer, that maybe that's judging him a bit unfairly considering the offensive line, the coaching situation, what was just a very kind of poor uh, situation uh, with the Boilermakers. No, you know, the, the, obviously the quarterback and quarterback recruiting has been a, a topic of discussion on our site and, and, and everywhere else for years. And, you know, to me, it gets down to you, you try to get two quarterbacks in the system every year. And then you have the normal attrition, which uh, Dellinger had in his column yesterday, which is around 36% in the SEC, where LSU's in the low 20s. Um, but, you know, if you sign, if you get two guys in the program every year in your recruiting class, eventually you're going to hit on one. And it doesn't necessarily have to be a Rivals 100 or a Rivals 250 guy, you know. Yeah. Who's to say that the three-star uh, that you consider a project and doesn't have a good release, doesn't have a strong arm, can't throw those out routes and make all those NFL throws that a Brandon Harris can make deep, isn't your better quarterback. The, the kid who can make great decisions um, and, and, and make them on the fly, uh, but maybe has a, a, a not-so-strong arm. Um, you know, to me, that, 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 that makes a lot more sense than a guy in Brandon Harris who I've said for a while, you know, you're either accurate or you're not. Yeah. You know, a quarterback will make uh, will get better and learn the system, and, and the game will slow down for him. And as he gets more mature and, and experienced in big time college football, he'll get better. But usually, if you're if you're a good quarterback and you're accurate, you're accurate out of high school. You don't learn that. That just isn't something that comes to you uh, immediately. Mike Scarborough, let everybody know what's up on the site and how they can get the latest. Yeah, go to TigerBait.com. Our, our uh, live game chat during the game is, is, a, is a blast. Uh, I'm there blogging with uh, all the Tiger Bait subscribers throughout the game live, and um, uh, that's one of our best features. So check us out at TigerBait.com. Mike, LSU, Mississippi State, how you see this one shaking out? Uh, I think LSU wins this one like 28-13, uh, 28-14. Something like that, I, um, I, you know, regardless of a Fournette situation, um, I, I, I think uh, they're going to be motivated to play this one. Um, but if they come out and, and boot the ball around and turn it over, they can easily lose this game. Mike Scarborough, TigerBait.com. Mike, thank you very much.
All right. Talk to you all next week. All right. All right. You know, Debo, you know you're doing a good job when sometimes during the week we, we get called, you, your pops and I get called homers, and then other times we get like, y'all never have anything good to say. Here's a text. Deke, who at LSU in your Cheerios, you have never anything good to say about LSU. No, that's absolutely false. You don't listen here all the time, and I can understand. I mean, I hope you're working. I mean, people have jobs, and they've got things they've got to do besides listen to the radio. We hope you listen as much as you can. But, no, it, it, speaking what's going on, you can, you can look at what I've said. You can read, if I have said anything that's earth-shattering, if I have said anything that's, quote-unquote, breaking news, anything that's just a major, like, whoa, then call me out. All I've pointed out and all we continue to point out is what is the obvious. You know, LSU is, what you say, T-Bob, in their last 11, they're 2-9 and nine against Power 5 conferences. Well, not 2, they're 11-9. 11-9, so, and nine. so out of 20 games, 20 games. Yeah, they're 11-9 and nine against Power Power 5 conferences. This team in two years has averaged under 170 yards passing. In Division One, 126 schools, that's a passing only ahead of two schools. You're third from last. You're ahead of Georgia Tech, who is a primary option run offense, not a not a spread option they that passes the, the ball. ball. They don't throw the ball at all. They're old school option. And then Boston College. And you've averaged 150 yards passing or less uh, in 15 to last, last 27. So it doesn't matter who's saying it. All the people are doing is pointing out the obvious. And LSU fans are frustrated because when you look at what the system says, the guys that they're recruiting, just look at the offensive guys. You're not getting what your talent says you should be getting, T-Bob. Yeah, well, Ross Dellinger has an excellent article uh, in The Advocate this morning, which I would kind of direct people to go check out, where he's done a deep dive into the kind of history of quarterbacks from every angle uh, in the Les Miles era. And I think at the end of it, you come out and you realize that there's no one reason why the situation's been so poor over the years. It seems like it's a, it, it's a, quite a few influencing factors. But what I was struck by, Deke, is there's some definite parallels uh, between uh, kind of the misses that LSU has had in recruiting and, and, and who they're targeting, who they're signing. There's some definite parallels between that and then what we've seen go on with the Saints uh, and, 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 and their, free, their, their drafting misses and how that has affected the team. So, But look, if, if you're accusing you, – you have to understand, if, seem thing, if things seem overly negative for LSU to your mind right now, well, that's just because the reality of the situation. Anytime, I say it all the time, where do you land in relation to expectation? That's going to decide the temperature of the fan base. And as of now, this is a team that is woefully short of where they were expected to be. So, yeah, there's going to be negative feedback. But, look, it doesn't mean that – it doesn't decide games. It doesn't decide wins or losses. The team still controls its own destiny. It has the ability to make everything right. It just has to go out there and be the team that they were originally thought to be. All right, coming up, much more. Plus, we're going to preview some big games that are happening, Ole Miss and Alabama. We've got one going on right now. Florida State is getting trounced by Louisville late in the third, 42-10, to 10, and the Cardinals are about to punch it in again. They're at least going to get a field goal out of this drive. They're in the red zone at the 16, looks like 14-yard line, up 42-10. to 10. And another big one, Oklahoma at entertaining Ohio State. But first, WWL News Time is one thirty-three. Time for first news. We'll go to Don Ain. Got some big ones today in the SEC, along with T-Bob Baybear. I'm Deke Bellavere. Is LSU looking at the team like they're going to be improving from here on out, or you think they're heading for trouble? You can cast your vote online at WWL.com. Ohio and Tennessee in a low-scoring game right now. The balls continue to be underwhelmed. Here's one that's interesting. With nine minutes left to play in the contest, Number nine, Wisconsin trails Georgia State at home 17-3. 
to 13. And I'll give you Wisconsin's next five games. Not in this order, but in this they're in this sequence. Michigan, Michigan State, Iowa, Ohio State, and Nebraska. Mm. And today is their last non-conference game, and they are a 40-point favorite today. Speaking of big games, there's one going to take place in Oxford, Mississippi. Number 19, Ole Miss, entertaining number one, Alabama. Paris offered the uh, Alabama Crimson Tide. Very seldom lose, much less two in a row. Ole Miss has a chance to make it three in a row. What type of shot do the Rebels have? The Rebels have a good shot, Beak, if they get great play from their defensive line. That's the strength of this team anyway. I give them a good chance to slow down the run. They did that against Florida State. If they can collapse the pocket with four defensive linemen and use more guys in pass coverage where they are weak, uh, they'll have a shot. But they've got to be able to get some pressure on Jalen Hurts. They've got to be able to collapse the pocket, uh, disrupt him, and do some things with uh, just the defensive line while uh, maintaining their good play against the run. And, uh, Parrish, when you look at this Ole Miss offense, they've kind of been the – one offense that has uh, cracked the Alabama code the last couple of years. Uh, that, you know, to most, it seems like you would incite Saban's wrath and it would be almost impossible to do a third time in a row. Can this O-line, can Chad Kelly, can this offense as a whole have success uh, against the tied defense once again? Well, you know, last year they won at Alabama without Laramie Tunsil. Ole Miss played so well after Tunsil point. came back into the season. They, they won that game. Without Tunsil, they've been okay uh, at left tackle playing uh, both Rod Taylor and the freshman Greg Little. But really, they only have the Florida State game to go by. You know, Wofford was not a good test for them. Five days rest and, and just, uh, you know, not, not a good look. It's going to prepare you for the rest of the season. Uh, you know, so you only have that Florida State game that they did okay there. Uh, if they can, you know, give that kind of effort and a little bit more, I think these receivers will get open. I think that's a strong point for Ole Miss. I think they have a lot of ability there. And, uh, and I think Kelly's going to play a good game. I don't look for him to have uh, the four turnovers again like he did uh, against Florida State. I don't think you're going to see that from him. I think he, that's very much on his radar. I think you'll see him make good decisions. Uh, so if, if he gets a little protection, I, I think they can move the ball against Alabama. But they, they can't be one-dimensional, and uh, they haven't been a good running team. With the Daily Journal, Parrish offer. Parrish, thank you so much. Enjoy the game today. All right, y'all have a good evening. All right, All right another Parrish. separation Saturday-type game today. Number three, Ohio State at number 14, Oklahoma. Two high-profile quarterbacks, J.T. Barrett and Baker Mayfield. Mark Ray, managing editor of BuckeyeSports.com, joins us now. Mark, good to hear from you once again. Ohio State, the Buckeyes, haven't lost a lot as of late. This is one of their tougher road games, particularly maybe uh, their toughest road non-conference game Urban Meyer's had, I don't know, since he's been the head coach. Well, unless you count the national championship run, I, you know, this is a regular season, mm-hmm. uh, the toughest road game he's had. Um, but, you know, that's why – I think that's why Urban came to Ohio State. He, he you know – likes to play in big games against big opponents. He sure got one tonight. We tend to point toward what uh, Ohio State does with Samuel Weber and, and J.T. Barrett on the offensive side. They plug other people in. But the defense took a lot of hits. I mean, we obviously know we took two Buckeyes here with Vaughn and obviously Michael Thomas. Your take on how they've retooled this defense, and is that the big question today? It's how Ohio State's younger defense, uh, so a lot of new faces after being rated by the draft, faces a veteran Oklahoma offense. I don't think there's any question, Deke. You, you got it. It's, uh, you know, I think Ohio State's offense will score some points. 
it's how many the defense is going to give up against Oklahoma. You know, Oklahoma's got their back against the wall. They can't afford another win or another loss. They're playing at home at night, and, you know, they they should be playing loose. But, uh, you know, Ohio State's got some young guys. they got an awful lot of talent. Um, a guy named Malik Hooker has, has come out of nowhere. He was Von Bill's backup for a couple of years, and, and now he's playing every bit as good as Von did. It all starts up front. You know, the big uglies, as Keith Jackson used to say, if, if Ohio State's defensive line can somehow uh, – keep contain on uh, Baker Mayfield, I think Ohio State's got a good chance to win this one. Mark, Ohio State is a slight favorite on the road in Norman yeah. today. The Sooners and the Buckeyes, how you see this one shaking out? I think Ohio State's going to win it, I, and I don't, you know, that's not partisanship, and I'm not trying to be a homer. I just think that, uh, you know, they've got a whole lot of weapons. They've got a, a team that's very similar to Houston, and an attack that's similar to Houston, and Houston took it to Oklahoma, so I think Ohio State's going to win. We'll see what happens. And, and, Mark, I know I don't have to tell you this. With eight minutes left to play in the contest, number nine, Wisconsin, trails Georgia State 17-13. to 13. And you know, like I know, I don't think I've seen a tougher five, first five games in the conference. They start at Michigan State, then at Michigan, Ohio State, at Iowa, and Nebraska, and then Northwestern are their first six conference games starting next week. This would be a huge blow if the Badgers lose today. Well, if, if they do, they'll get caught looking ahead. But, uh, yeah, they've got a brutal schedule, no doubt. Mark Ray. Mark, how can people keep up on the site and keep up with you on social media? Pretty easy. All they have to do is go to BuckeyeSports.com, and they can find me on Twitter at MRayBSB. O-H-I-O, Ohio State at Oklahoma. Mark, thank you very much for the time. Thanks, as always, Deke. Appreciate it. All right. Thank you, Mark Ray. Coming up, we'll take a look at one that Tiger fans are obviously excited about, T-Bob, and that is going to be oh, Auburn and Texas A&M. We'll come back yeah. and take a break on that one because the three coaches that started the season that were going to be on the hot seat, now Les Miles is the one that's on the hot seat. Can Gus Malzahn get off the hot seat? He's got off to a good start with a respectable show against Clemson, and the next two weeks he has A&M and LSU at home. Two back-to-back victories, and Malzahn will go from being on the hot seat to, again, being a contending team in the West just a year late. Remember, Auburn was the Cinderella pick a year ago. Dang. He's T-Bob Abair on Deke Bellavia, counting down to LSU and Mississippi State. And right now, with 235 left to play in the third, Louisville 49, number two Florida State 10. We'll continue on WWL. And welcome back. Along with T-Bob Abair on Deke Bellavia, Operetti Jaguar Opinion Poll, LSU. Do you think they look, the Tigers look like a team that is stepping toward the improvement area or the team that's heading for trouble. Cast your vote online at www.com. Entering today's contest, there were six teams in the conference, seven that were undefeated. Florida 2-0, Georgia, Tennessee, uh, Alabama, Arkansas, and Texas A&M. Auburn, Mississippi State, Ole Miss, and LSU in the West are all at 1-1 one one with some key games, including Auburn taking on Texas A&M today, and Auburn hosts LSU next week at 5 p.m. on the plains at Jordan-Hare Stadium. Today, Florida is in action, and they are getting ready for their big game next week at Tennessee, in which they handled Tennessee for 11 straight years. Here to help us talk about the Auburn Tigers and get set for today's big matchup on the plains is uh, Brian Matthews, who joins us, senior writer for AuburnSports.com. Brian, always a pleasure to visit with you and I was saying earlier you know Gus Malzahn to me is two back-to-back wins today and next week away from really being off the hot seat and in somewhat maybe becoming that team that not many people expected to contend in the West this season. Oh I agree with you Dakin it's always good to be back in with you and um, uh, these uh, upcoming two games against Texas A&M and LSU are two of the biggest discussions had since 2000 uh, you know 
13 when he made that run. And um, this is a big, big, uh, a big, big couple of home games for Auburn. Uh, they looked really bad on offense against Clemson in the opener, but they sort of got uh, got it back together uh, against Arkansas State and looked much, much better with Sean White as the number one guy. And we'll see what they can do against a much better defense today. And looking, at Auburn is 11 in the turnover margin right now, right there at the tops uh, in the conference. And then you talk about what they've done offensively. This look, must look like a different team, Brian. They're first in rushing, sixth in passing, and third total and seventh in scoring. So uh, this team has really flipped the script what they've done offensively and defensively in the first couple of games last season compared to this year. Yeah, the defense is definitely as, as good as it's been probably in a decade. Uh, uh, much deeper, much better up front on the defensive line. A very active at linebacker, and they've got some really good secondary players, including Paul Davis, that cornerback, who's a really good one along with Rudy Ford at the nickel. So defensively, and I expected this team to be better. Offensively, the statistics are a little bit skewed. You know, they put up 700 yards and 460 rushing yards against Arkansas State. Uh, we'll see how they can do uh, offensively against a you know much better defense. I'm not saying a great defense, but a better defense against Texas A&M. Yeah, and and uh, Brian, when you look at today's game, um, A&M, I've, I've I've been so up and down with them throughout the off season. Like I was I was completely off, then I was kind of back on. And right yeah. before the season started, I decided to go back on. This could be the best team in the West outside of Alabama, LSU. Well, LSU is kind of out of that equation. How do you feel that Auburn matches up uh, with the Aggies? Like, what, what, what are you thinking for t- today's game? Fairly well. I think um, defensively, because Auburn has that defensive line and Carl Lawson healthy, they can generate a pass rush and put pressure on, on that uh, 6 a.m. test game, which is the most important way to defend them. And I think they've got some guys in the secondary, like Carlton Davis, who can um, play press man and sort of take some of those really talented receivers. they got maybe the best receiving core in the country and sort of take uh, them a little bit off their routes and, and take them out of the game a little bit. So I think they can be successful defensively. I think they can shut down the Texas A&M offensively. They're too good. But um, I think in that regard, Auburn matches up better than they did uh, two years ago. And then offensively, I, you know, I just don't know. I, I'm just not completely sold on this Auburn yeah. offense yet. I think they've still got a lot to prove. Uh, against a, a team that's got some talent now and has improved uh, Texas A&M, I think, defensively. So, so we'll see on, on that side of the ball. And Louisville has just scored to go up 55-10 to 10 over wow. Florida State, and they are not letting up. Lamar Jackson has now scored his fifth touchdown of the day. He now has 18 touchdowns on the season. Brian, let everybody know how to get the latest on Auburn because LSU fans is closely watching this one. They'll pay attention next week and how people can follow you on Twitter. Yeah, I appreciate that. They can uh, they can check me out at AuburnSports.com and follow me at Twitter at BMATAU. Brian Matthews. Brian, always a pleasure to visit with you. Thank you so much for the time. Hey, anytime, guys. Thank you. All right. In the SEC today, Ohio is taking on Tennessee right now. The balls with a slight lead. Georgia Tech leads Vanderbilt in the second half. Alabama and Ole Miss are this game of the week, 2-30 on CBS. Surprising 2-0 East Carolina is at South Carolina. Kentucky's 0-2 looking for their first win entertaining New Mexico State. Our matchup has the Mississippi State Bulldogs at LSU. A&M is at Auburn, North Texas at Florida, Georgia at Missouri, and Texas State at Arkansas. He's T-Bob Baybear. I'm Deke Bellavia. Count you down to LSU and Mississippi State right here on Tiger Radio. This is WWL. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.